You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning and welcome to Focus on the Liturgy here on Catholic Chicago. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. I'm in the studio and I am joined remotely by Danielle Noe and Timothy Johnston. Good morning, you guys. Good Good morning. How is everyone today? Good, good. Danielle, you are, I'm at ODW, you are... I am home, but <laughs> I'm an editor at Liturgy Training Publications. <laughs> and Timothy? And I'm the director of the Office of Worship in the Archdiocese of Washington. An alum of Focus an alum, on the that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we are here every fourth Wednesday of the month, and uh, we spend our hour on these airwaves talking about almost any aspect of the church's corporate, communal, public prayer life that you can think of, right, you guys? Absolutely. You know, most of our shows are guided by the liturgical year, of course, so we uh, open up the seasons of the year, and then we look at many of the celebrations that take place within each season. So today um, is our show on Lent, so we'll be talking about the uh, celebration of the distribution of ashes and the rite of election and the scrutinies and all of those Um, rituals that make up the corporate public prayer life of the church. We are just one week away from Lent. Uh, Ash Wednesday is on March 2nd, and we are in the 20, uh, I'm sorry, 20, the seventh Sunday, uh, seventh (laughs) week of ordinary time. (laughs) And uh, next week we will begin the eighth week, but that'll get interrupted. That's Mm -hmm. how our liturgical season works. Uh, the longest season that we have is ordinary time. Uh, it begins right after Christmas, but in the seventh, eighth, ninth week of, of uh, ordinary time, it gets interrupted for the beginning of Lent. Uh, and Danielle, even before the show, we were remarking, I said, I can't believe that Lent is already here. The, it just seems to go by so quick. And you made note that it's late this year. Why is it late yeah. one year, one year and early the next? Why, why is that? Well, well we always calculate um, the seasons by how Easter falls. Right. So of course, Easter always falls after the first full moon, after the spring equinox. So I'm sure all of you are familiar with those uh, um, uh, traditional image of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and there's a full moon in the back background. Often Holy Thursday falls around the, the full moon, but that's how Easter is calculated. Um, and uh, we calculate by counting backwards. And then the, the last year or the last Sunday of the year is always the 34th Sunday. So counting backwards to Easter sometimes Um we lose a week or two of ordinary time right. because of how Easter falls. Right, right. And so, <laughs> so Lent Lent uh, interrupts that season of ordinary time, and it'll get picked up again after the Easter season and carry us all the way to that thirty fourth Sunday. So, right. yeah, just to to kind of situate the the timing of of Lent, um, always always by the date of Easter, which is set by the lunar calendar. Um, Timothy. Danielle, what's your favorite part of Lent? Most people, mm. most people, most people would hear that and go, "What do you mean favorite time of Lent? Lent? There's no favorite part of Lent. It's supposed to be dour, <laughs> and you're supposed to suffer, and it's supposed to be hair shirt and yeah." <laughs> but it, yeah, it's I, one of my favorite seasons. Yeah, I, I would say that that certainly became. Uh, 
growing up, that was always my, my thought, like, oh, it's supposed to be sad and awful and, you know, never look forward to Lent. But it really wasn't until I entered religious life that the daily the way that the life unfolded in terms of prayer and the things that we did in community that I began to appreciate the rhythm of the season. Um, and I will say even now as a layperson, it is sometimes difficult for me at least to maintain sometimes the rhythm of the season, which as I've said before on the show and, and certainly in other things is it, it really is the church's great retreat. Yes. It is yes. where we step back and we, we can, pause and i don't know like i just love um that the the positioning if you will um that the church provides us that we can put ourselves in a place as a community as individuals to hopefully step back and and pray and and that's something i always look forward to and challenge myself to try to maintain that throughout the whole season and not just you know, like New Year's resolutions, we start and then we, we drop them, um, you know, soon thereafter. But with, with Lent, you know, trying to get into the rhythm of the season. Oh, I love that. I love that. Danielle, what about you? Well, I think I do like Lent very much. And I think that connects with my own personal spirituality in terms of I'm a very introverted person. Um, so introverts tend to be more quiet and reflective <laughs> you, you and love internalize Lent, things. <laughs> And I do love Lent. So I, I think that Lent gives us that opportunity to step back and, you know, provide us with that silent reflection of what has gotten in the way? What do I need to revisit? What do I need to look to? I think on a, and it builds, you know, Timothy has talked about that on the show before on the concept of progressive solemnity. And I think Lent is a really good example of that because as we proceed with Lent, it builds into the celebration of Easter, of course. Um, and it's about renewal and renewing the promises that we made at baptism. Um, on a practical level, I love the music of Lent. It's always in more of a minor key, um, oh, nice. which I think yeah. symbolically yeah. points to um, that there's something that we're journeying towards. It hasn't resolved yet. We're, we're moving forward, and that's towards the Easter celebration. Well, um, I'm going to remind both of you of these in just a little bit when we, when we, when we start talking about the kind of the, the purpose of the season, but so I'll remind you of that, but the rhythm and that, that's that, that, that slower pace uh, that, that Danielle, you talked about, Timothy, you were just going to say something. Well, and this might be getting at what you were getting at, but I, what I was going to say is I think what is easy to forget, or maybe we don't highlight well enough in the season of Lent is it really is a baptismal season. I mean, Danielle just even pointed to this. Yep. Is it, it isn't just about dour things or going to confession, all of those things, the, the, the practice of reconciliation, the accompaniment with the catechumens, which we'll probably talk more about with the elect at that point. Um, it is, as, as Danielle even noted, like we're moving toward this great celebration of Easter. And so the church gives us this time and that's why I call it the great retreat because it, it, it asks us to really reflect upon what our baptism means in our life and what causes us or what are the blind spots in our lives that are preventing us from living more fully that baptismal vocation, that, that call as a disciple. And ideally from year to year, as we evaluate that, as we think about that, as we come to this season with new experiences, new challenges, new joys, we can look at our lives and say, oh gosh, yeah, like here's, here are where I, here are areas where I need to help myself or take away the blind spots. That's probably the better way to say that. But it's all about renewing and revitalizing, re-energizing, whatever language you want to use that, the gift of baptism for which we've shared. And we accompany those elect who will share in that great gift of baptism, the waters at the Easter vigil. Um, so we don't need to be all sad about it, right? Um, that, But we we do ponder, we reflect. What is that? Serious, um, serious. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I, so Timothy and Danielle, how about this? Uh, Lent is, it's the great retreat, but l what if we look at it this way? Lent is the great return to baptism. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, 
that that really is at the heart of it. And I, I remember once I, I did an evening of reflection for uh, parish liturgical mis- uh, ministers during Lent, and I asked them what um, I, I asked them what is the purpose of Lent, and it got all kinds of answers. You know, to to lose weight, <laughs> the purpose of Lent is to better myself. The purpose of Lent is is to remember um, the suffering of Christ, uh, and and I remember as a kid, Timothy, you kind of alluded to this. I remember as a kid, Lent was it, it was like Lent was a time to remember the Passion. Lent was the time to remember the passion, and 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 whatever you you did for Lent, you did it to cause yourself discomfort, because right. Jesus hung on the cross for three hours for you, and that's that's just such a misformed image of Lent, and and Timothy, I think you were just yeah, it. yeah, it, it's it's a very incomplete image. Like in the as you were saying that, I was thinking like, well, of course we reflect on the passion, but we reflect on the passion. Because of baptism, and <laughs> right? The, like the suffering that we experienced, or that the penance that we 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 endure, is all for the renewal, the conversion of heart and mind. But we often get stuck at the suffering, and forget that the suffering leads to resurrection. The suffering leads to death, which leads to new life, which is our our journey of, of conversion right for our whole life that everything that we do and Joyce Zimmerman talks about this right in, in a lot of her work and writing and other theologians of course but this this rhythm of of the paschal mystery which we talk about all the time there's daily rising and dying there's weekly dying and rising and the liturgical year helps unfold that and this is just one aspect of that and we do that even within um, in this in this season, I know that's probably all over the place, but but we we have these rhythms within rhythms that that help us live out this Paschal mystery. And so, yeah, don't get caught in just the passion. <laughs> right. Don't get caught just in the suffering. Well, I, I go ahead, Danielle. Oh no, I was just going to say, and I think too, um, how we think of Lent becomes very self-centered in a way, or oh, individualistic. Because wow. when you, what, what do people often ask? What are you doing for Lent? What are you giving up? And then the response is, "Well, I'm doing this. I'm doing that." But in the the context of the three disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, there's a there's a communal focus on all of that, right? Right. It's not just about me. It's about how my actions reflect neighbor and community and how, how I'm uh, focusing on God or allowing God to fill me in the context of how, how I relate to one another and how, how my participation in the life of the church is impacted. So there's always, there's still an individual component, but there, we have to remember baptism brings us into this communal dimension. And in renewing our baptism, there's always a communal focus for for how we participate in Lent. So it is, so, so this image of Lent continues to be shaped. So it's the communal retreat. It's the Mm -hmm. communal return to baptism. Right where the, the community journeys together, you, you don't go. Right. Yeah, no one goes through Lent alone. No one goes through no. Lent alone. It's it's always as a member of the body. It's always as a member of the community. Um, and 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 so what? It, what I love that Danielle. So whatever, quote unquote, you're doing for Lent, it should always be through the lens of, I'm I'm journeying with my brothers and sisters. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and then, and, that, and that's some of the formation work that needs to be done ahead of time, yeah. you know, to get people in that mindset. Because even, and, and maybe this is my cynicism coming out as as it does occasionally, right? Um, Not is you. Not even you. if we think, <laughs> even if we think about baptism, um, oftentimes even that sacramentally becomes about the family or the 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 group that gathers outside of of mass at a separate time. And, and we, we've, in this American church, which we can speak of too specifically, there's, there is certainly an individualization that sometimes overtakes the way we think about. But the, as we've talked so much on this show, as, as um, the liturgy is always communal, right? It, it is about coming as the body of Christ. I come as an individual, but I am membered to all those who are gathered. And it is Christ himself and his body who celebrates the liturgy. 
Um, so yeah, like why would we not celebrate Christmas or Lent in this particular case, but all the seasons, right? Um, that we we do them as a community. And Todd, you made me think of, and I'll, I'll stop here, was when I was working at Marquette University, um, we did, uh, we attempted one year to do a communal um, fast. Um, and and we, we paired up with, um, I'm not going to forget, one of the national organizations that, that does outreach and various things. And they had a whole program that was kind of designed where students could keep track of their water usage, technology usage, and different things like this. And we were trying to do a fast like that. And it was really difficult. Like, because people didn't see this as a, they're like, well, I'm giving up chocolate already. Why do I need to do this? And we were trying to to stretch that and say, well, the community is is being invited to look at the way we live sustainably and in a very different way than just about you and giving up chocolate or whatever. But there are ways parishes, I think, can creatively engage communities uh, with with stuff like that. And make it more communal experience. It's very difficult for people to talk about. Yeah. Um. I, I think you're. I think Lent is a yeah. perfect opportunity to talk about social sin. Yes. And let's. You know what? Let's pick it up there when we come back from this first break. We are talking about the joyful season of Lent. Stay with us. We'll be back after these messages for more focus on the liturgy. charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. We are at the Most Blessed Trinity Parish Food Pantry in Waukegan. And here we uh, care for people in need. There was definitely an uptick in the needs for services. We doubled our volume after COVID hit, from servicing about 250 families a week to about 500 a week. We supply bread, tortillas, vegetables, milk, cheese, butter, uh, proteins, fish, chicken, eggs. Well, the annual Catholic Appeal has been a tremendous help to us, especially over the past year and a half. Without the annual Catholic appeal, we might have to close our doors. Um, Our parish is the largest one in the archdiocese, but it's very poor. We think about food and we think about nourishment, but we also nourish the soul, provide that connection to humanity. The good works here are made possible through the annual Catholic appeal. Make your gift at annualcatholicappeal.com. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, 
along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here on Catholic Chicago. I'm Todd Williamson. We are talking about the great season of Lent, the joyful season of Lent. I'm joined by Danielle Noe and Timothy Johnston, and uh, we are one week away, just one week from Ash Wednesday, the distribution of ashes. Um, and and that whole first segment of of the show, you guys, we were just kind of situating Lent in 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 a, a context, and and uh, we talked about it as a, the great communal retreat uh, and the 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 return to baptism. Uh, and before that last break, there was the um, we, were, we were talking about sin and 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 it's. Its place really in in this season, but Danielle, you started talking about uh, the communal nature of sin. Sure. Well, Timothy had a really great lead into that in talking about his time at Marquette and how he, he would they asked the students to kind of evaluate, you know, how much water are you consuming um, beyond, you know, beyond the uh, I'm giving up chocolate, right? That but Lent has a social sin dynamic and looking through the lens of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Fasting, for example, isn't just about you know, giving up chocolate, but what am I fasting from in the world to benefit creation, for example? What am I fasting from so that God fills us? And there's a social dynamic to our our sinfulness. And if you look at the way that reconciliation is celebrated, for example, there's three different forms of reconciliation. And one is the form one is individual confession. But form two is always beginning with a liturgical rite, followed by individual confession, and then a communal sending forth. Yeah. So the idea is we gather as a community to hear, to participate in a liturgy of the word, followed by a, a, a communal examination of conscience. So those examinations of conscience that we prepare for our communities can lead beyond the individual sin. And what I do, but what is the communal sinful nature of our participation in the world? And a good way to structure those examinations of conscience is through the lens of Catholic social teaching. You know, of when have we failed to respect human dignity? When have we failed to participate fully in our communities or as a family? When have we negated the rights of workers? Right. When have we not cared for creation or stood in solidarity with one another? You know, to 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 examine the impact of who we are as baptized disciples, as priest, prophet, and king. Right? We've talked talked about that a couple shows ago, of how we failed at that, and how we can recommit our lives at Easter with the renewal of our baptism to be focused on how our actions affect the global community. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's a really good place for that during let our ad, our communal reconciliation services. And most parishes do those. Right, yeah. exactly. Through the and of course, of you know, those always lead into that individual confession, but often where we, what we don't celebrate or, or do at these services is that oftentimes people leave after their confession, but we invite them back for communal dismissal because we re- emphasize that we're all in this together, right? Yep. And so we need to make that communal commitment. Well, you mentioned form two, which is the communal celebration. And, right. And, and the, the rite itself, after everyone has, who wants to, has um, uh, gone to a, a priest and confessed their sins and received absolution, then everybody together, the right calls afterwards for a hymn of praise, for God's mercy. 
and and, and you know j- just showing what you were talking about, Danielle, the idea that we do this together, we enter into this season together, we prepare together, and reconciliation is one way of preparing. And the prayer, the fasting, the almsgiving is another way of preparing, and the giving up chocolate, right, is a way of preparing. But then that begs the question, preparing for what? For the renewal of baptism, exactly right. I mean, <laughs> the, we, we've said we've, yeah. we've said this before uh, that, that Lent makes no sense apart from baptism. Those those who have been journeying in our parishes in the catechumenate, the rite of Christian initiation of adults, uh, their preparation for the for the the reception of baptism, and the rest of us preparation to renew our baptism and 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 so i i say it like this which is kind could be seen as kind of harsh i guess but i think for our listeners and for me and for all of us we have to ask ourselves whatever it is we're doing for lent if it's not helping me to prepare to renew my baptism then i'm doing it wrong (laughs) then Mm -hmm. i need to do something else because right. if if I'm if I'm if 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 that's not the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing during Lent, why I'm giving up what I'm giving up, it doesn't make sense. Right. I mean, yeah, I think it's important to note too that um, you know this may be uh, an unfamiliar concept to people just because of the way they were formed and what Lent means. You gave those examples at the beginning of the show, right? Of focus on the passion or giving up something. We're not making up this baptismal thing. It's right there in the church's <laughs> documents. You know, it's in it's in the constitution of a sacred liturgy of of, of that that Lent is a twofold um, aspect of preparing to be baptized and preparing to renew that baptism. It's right there in the church's documents. Oh my gosh, yeah, in the constitution, in the general instruction of the Roman Missal, in the ceremonial of bishops. Timothy, you were going to say something. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I mean, tied into that. I was going to say, I mean, that if we look at the history of the development of the Lenten season, it it develops because of the catechumenate. And that's, it's really becomes this preparation time for baptism, that immediate moment. And as it evolves over history, of course, and, and continues to develop, it is the baptized who are on this journey with those who are in their immediate moments, um, our immediate time for for baptism. That is why we said at the very beginning of the show, it really is this joyful season. It's a, it is a baptismal season, um, because everything we're doing, just as Todd noted, as, as Danielle has noted, whether we're already baptized or not, is in preparation for that renewal, or preparation for the first time. Well, the only time, but going into the very paschal mystery of Jesus Christ in that water. I mean, you will die completely to self and come out brand new. And that's what we renew for those of us that are already baptized, that we recall that we have died with Christ and we have been raised to new life in Christ. And because of that, we must live differently in the world. And sometimes we fail at that, right? And so that's why we have this time to really reflect on that, to reboot, if you will, and to reflect on on those pieces. The the ceremonial of bishops, I just mentioned that. So that's a that's a liturgical book for bishops. for how, how uh, liturgies are celebrated when the bishop presides. And in it, ah, there you go. There, there. Those of you on Facebook or YouTube, <laughs> Timothy just showed the uh, ceremonial of bishops. And when it's talking about Lent in there, it, I think it's, it gives the best description of what the purpose of Lent is for. It says, it, during the season of Lent, the faithful and the elect— We'll talk about who those are in just a moment. During Lent, they listen more intently to the Word of God. They pray more deliberately and through a spirit of repentance, prepare to renew their baptism. That's that's the most direct that, that I've ever heard mm-hmm. a description of, of Lent. Through a spirit of repentance, you prepare to to renew your baptism. So your repentance makes no sense if you are not using it to help you to get ready for that one moment at the Easter Vigil or on Easter Sunday when, for those of us who have already died in the font, we renew our baptism, and for those who are journeying with us on their 
uh, pilgrimage to the font when they first receive baptism, confirmation, and uh, full initiation, the Eucharist, full initiation into the body of Christ. That, okay, that was a little long-winded, but it, it, it succinctly sets us up then to go a bit deeper in this next section after this break into that whole idea of preparing for baptism. So stay with us. We'll be back for more Focus on the Liturgy. We're talking about this joyful season of Lent. charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope, too, and it it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy, the second half of our show. If you are just joining us, I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship with the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I'm Danielle Noe from Liturgy Training Publications. And I'm Timothy Johnston from the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Washington. And we are talking about the joyful season of Lent. And Timothy and, and Danielle, in that first half of the show, kind of really really zeroing in on that baptismal um, uh, that baptismal character of Lent and that how everything we do during Lent revolves around that preparation to renew our baptism. And Danielle, you've got a, a, a product at um, LTP, Liturgy Training Publications, an agency of the Archdiocese of Chicago that's really connected to what we're talking about. 
Yeah, the, the resource is called Baptized for Discipleship. I, I know Mike has a, an image of that to put on the screen. And I wanted to highlight that because we, you know, we keep talking about Lent as a way to renew our baptism, but how many of us were baptized as children or infants and we don't remember our, our baptism? We've only witnessed baptisms of other people. Um, and how often have we been given the chance to really reflect on on the nature of baptism, the theology of baptism, and the rituals um, that occurred when we were baptized. And so this resource really breaks it open of um, what we're baptized into, about dying to oneself and rising to new life, about being brought into the Paschal mystery, um, of being anointed priest, prophet, and king, and then call, uh, and breaking open the signs and symbols of the rite and being called outward into discipleship. This is a short little resource. It's, it's a small little booklet. It's only 32 pages. Um, it's a really accessible resource with questions for discussion and reflection that will help guide you through um, the Lenten journey um, and renewing your baptism at Easter. So a great little resource for that. Very I, helpful. I, I love, I love the meaning of the subtitle, the meaning of baptism in the Christian life. Uh, for our per, our topic today could be the meaning of baptism for Lent, so yes. a great re, a great resource for uh, our listeners to to look at as a companion uh, through this great season of Lent. Um, this whole baptismal character, you guys. Let's let's talk a little bit more in detail about that. Um, so Timothy, you even noted earlier in the show that historically Lent really comes out of the final period of preparation for those who were. Um, uh, getting ready, who were preparing uh, to die in the waters of the font. So uh, the the catechumenate, uh, an ancient process of conversion and initiation into the Paschal mystery of Jesus Christ that the church rediscovered after the Second Vatican Council. And we know it today as the RCIA, the Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults. And so for our listeners, um, call to mind, oh my gosh, I, I hope you can call to mind, the people in your parish <laughs> Who, because it's a it's 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 a part of every parish's life in the uh, church in the in uh, every parish around the world. Uh, call to mind those people who have been journeying in your parish in preparation for baptism. Uh, that's who we're talking about uh, right now. For at least one more week, they are known as catechumens, right? They they were accepted into the order of the catechumenate uh, a, a number of months ago, hopefully a good number of months ago, and the catechumenate is their period of formation. And in one week, well, a little over a week, the first Sunday of, of Lent, something happens for them. And what is that? Yeah, they they are if they have discerned readiness uh, to continue towards the the waters of the baptism because some people will remain catechumens depending on their circumstances. But for those that are discern their readiness, they go to the cathedral church in most instances, and certainly in Chicago that would be the case, um, and they will be. Um, elected, um, if you will, or the, the bishop uh, announces their election because God has already called, right. God has already elected them in that sense. But it is a formal kind of movement. And what it, what happens within that particular liturgy um, is there, there's a, a uh, what's the right word, a call, if you will, yeah. or a, a, yeah. a direct, a directive. Yeah. To in these weeks leading up to baptism to pray more fervently it is not catechetical time it is about the interior life um and, and getting oneself readied to go into those waters of baptism but they don't do that alone right the, the elect those those individuals that will be baptized they do that in the midst of the community of faith as we talked about in the first part of the show, who are also in a very different way preparing to renew their promises. So they're witnessing, they're, they're watching what the rest of us are doing as they are also preparing. And we do that. So the rite of election, of course, is, the, is a beautiful celebration where they are formally kind of moved into that next stage of their formation and challenged to enter into this time of prayer more deeply. What the, what, what the RCI ritual text talks about, and I love, I love this, I don't have it pulled out, but in, the, in the, this period as, as that begins with the rite of election is called the purification and enlightenment. That's the period of purification and enlightenment. 
So that should ring a bell with everything we talked about, right? <laughs> so that tells us something show. about Lent, right? <laughs> right. And and I, what I love about what it says um, in terms of the scrutinies, which I'll let others maybe break open, is that it is an, and I take this for the whole season, ultimately, is that it really is a time that we kind of dig deeply and we uncover all that is sinful and weak and defective within us so that it can be renewed. Um, and all that is good and upright and, and, and joyful, those aren't the exact words, um, Close. Uh, can be brought, brought forth. Right. Um, and that's, that's exactly what, what we're doing. And so I, Todd or Danielle, you might want to break open the scrutinies a little bit. Um, what those are. Go, Danielle, go ahead. So, so again, just for the, the listeners, this, this, last period of preparation for those who adults who will be baptized uh, begins with Lent. It always, always, always coincides with Lent. And it begins at the very start with the rite of election where the bishop announces, I, I love it, it's, it's in the rite, it says the act of election. And the bishop yeah. says, and, and that act, that action that the bishop does is, well, the text says it. My dear catechumens, I now declare you to be the elect, those who will uh, be fully initiated into Christ Jesus at the next Easter vigil. And, and, so, and so that's their entry into this period. But throughout the whole period, Danielle, there are rites that are celebrated with the newly elected um, that mark our whole Latin journey in every parish, right? Right. The... Um... The rights, the special rights, the one of that we're talking about are the scrutinies, which take place on the third, fourth, and fifth Sundays of Lent, and they're always done in the presence of community, um, because the community's prayer and presence is really important to the elect's journey as they're journeying to the waters of baptism, and the scrutinies, as as Timothy mentioned, there that we're in this period of purification and enlightenment, and this intense period of internal reflection. Um, and the scrutinies are really prayers of exorcism of what ex what are we letting go of all of the elements of sin that prevents us from entering fully into the presence of God. And with these scrutiny rites. There's always the proclamation of particular gospels um, because the prayer texts reflect the um, texts of those gospels. And the proclamation of those gospels is really an ancient tradition. It, it, it was happened for centuries in the early church that these gospels were read. But on for the first scrutiny, of, which is on the third Sunday of Lent, we hear of the woman at the well. Um, we're thirsting for God, right? And only God can fill us. On the, on the uh, fourth Sunday of Lent, we hear of the man born blind. Um, the grace of God is always present, of course, but we need op to open our eyes to to this, to this our sin, to be enlightened, right, um, to God's presence, to God's grace. Um, and then the fifth Sunday of Lent is the raising of Lazarus, that God will raise us um, from our sinful ways. And these prayer, these scrutiny prayers um, help the catechumens to become more, or the elect rather, to become more fully open to God's grace that will be present in their baptism um, and confirmation in Eucharist. The, the, so for the <laughs> listeners, <clears throat> again, the third, the fourth, and the fifth Sundays of Lent, that's March 20th, mark your calendars, March 27th, and April 3rd. If for for our listeners, go to those. Go go to their 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 most often ninety nine percent of the time they're done at Sunday Mass on those third third fourth and fifth Sundays of Lent, um, and and pray for the elect. That's exactly what those rites are meant. They're meant. They call the community to pray and to pray hard for the elect as they are in their final weeks of preparation uh, before dying in the waters of the font and being recreated into an image of Jesus Christ, which is what will happen to them in their initiation. We'll pick it up there when we come back from this break. Stay with us. We're talking about the rites uh, through this joyful season of Lent. We'll be right back.
At Catholic Charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage the wonderful, life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Welcome back to this final segment of Focus on the Liturgy. We are talking about the joyful season of Lent. Uh, Danielle and Timothy, the, uh, the last comments before that break, Danielle, you were talking about the scrutinies, uh, the, the celebrations with the elect, those who have been elected or chosen for baptism by God, um, and, and how they're celebrated on the third, fourth, and fifth Sundays. And, and just real quickly, Danielle, you mentioned those 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 terribly profound Jonine Gospels, the woman at the well, the man born blind, and the raising of Lazarus. I mean, in, in, in a mic, kind of in a, in a nutshell, those three Gospels, they really do give us the journey of Lent for all of us, for the, the elect as well as the baptized, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the woman at the well is, you know, what are we hungering for? What are we thirsting where, for? Where are we parched? Where are we, where in our lives right. are we barren desert? Right. In Psalm 63, my soul is thirsting for you, oh God. I, you know, we cry out to him to, you know, we get, our lives become cluttered, right? With all of these chaotic external things. So, you know, I think that that gospel really helps us focus on Christ himself as the source the water of life, um, you know, the man born blind. I mean, we're, we're always, our eyes become blinded to, to where God is present to those in need. Um, so we need to allow ourselves to be open to God's grace. Um, and of course in, in the raising of Lazarus, you know, what are we rising to new life from? How, what are we dying to? How do, how does God raise us from our suffering? Um, they really call us to our own 
source of repentance and conversion and transformation that Lent calls us to. Yeah, I always, I always like the uh, uh, the the uh, raising of Lazarus. I mean, you know, where where in my life am, am am I? Where am I dead and rotting in a tomb, <laughs> and 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 need the the new life of of Jesus Christ? Yeah, I'm reminded of. Um, Timothy and I have this beloved professor in grad school, and he always, he knows where I'm going with this. He always <laughs> used to say, um, what is a rut? And everyone would respond, a shallow grave. So let, you know, where are we in this rut? Where are we in this grave, right? Oh my gosh. That we need to praise I, I love that. I love that. A, ra- a rut is a shallow grave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, there's there's an image, right? So for Lent, where, where am I? In, where am I in a rut, and mm-hmm. need to be raised to the new life I first received in baptism? It always comes back to baptism, right? Yeah. Um, and yes. and you you guys, I I I don't think I, I don't think I could ever unpack this completely in this lifetime. But that whole idea of you, you look at the trajectory. So Lent, in a sense, it funnels us. It funnels all of us to that one moment of either baptism or renewal of baptism, right? On right. Holy Saturday night or Easter Sunday morning. But it's not, it doesn't end there because that baptism or that renewal of baptism then prepares me for what? What immediately follows? the celebration of the Paschal Eucharist. Right. Right. And the return to the the table for every Sunday of Easter in that renewed state to celebrate the Paschal Eucharist. I think that's, it it all, I, I just, I love the church. I love, I love the seasons. I love how they work in a profound way, but just to that, that one exact moment of the 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 Paschal yeah. the Paschal sacrifice. Go ahead, Timothy. Well, it, it, yeah, I just as just to tie in with that, then because where I where my brain was going when you asked that was, um, is that hopefully the Lenten journey and this renewal of our baptismal promises not only helping us come back Sunday after Sunday during that Easter season, but hopefully there has been some conversion that has taken root within us that we then because of that alleluia we we sing at at easter and moving through that season that our discipleship is different following oh my gosh yes oh my gosh yes and that yeah we we are challenged or we're invited we're called to live with this new awareness not only of self but of god because of the conversion that we've experienced during our prayer, especially those that, that scrutiny, right? I mean, right. I mean, even even though they're they're directed towards the elect, those same petitions, the same kinds of things that are being asked of of the elect, can be asked of myself. I mean, I just was reading one of the the intercessions in the first scrutiny, for example. You know that they may ponder the word of God in their hearts and savor its meaning more fully day by day. Well, I need to do that in order to be a better. We disciple. all do. We all do. I do too. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, like that's, the conversion isn't just an end in itself. It's leading, leading us to be more united, more fully living the Paschal mystery in our discipleship. That is a great well, that's point. Like, that's a great a point. Gift, right? Because yes, God, is, yes. God is this God of multiple chances, right? <laughs> yes, always. You know, we're, I mean, we're humans. We fall. Yeah. We, we're, you know, we have a propensity to sin and we make wrong choices. And yes, our entire Christian life should be rooted in transformation and conversion and, and discipleship, but things become rote and routine and we and fall. Rut, and rut. <laughs> and, yeah, and rut. Yeah. Right. <laughs> God, you know, the book of Hosea is, is such a, I, we hear that a lot during Lent and some of the songs that we sing come back to me with your whole heart. You know, God is continually inviting us back and that, that's the blessing of Lent. God, God doesn't reject us. God loves us so much that even when we sin, He's still giving us all of these chances to be better. Exactly, and so and so that whole idea of of renewing our bapt renewing our baptism for discipleship, Danielle, right? That that book we were talking about, yes. and 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 then and Timothy, you just started talking about it. Let's, we got five minutes left. Let's talk about. What, what do we mean discipleship then? And Danielle, you love this, so you take it. 
<laughs> well, you know, in Matthew 28, uh, and we hear that in the Ascension, you know, Jesus says, I will be with you always, but go and baptize all nations in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, God is sending the disciples out to make other disciples. And that's really what we're doing in the RCIA process. Oh my right? gosh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's disciples making disciples. So we who have are living out our baptism are models for those who want to be Christians. Um, yeah, I know this is cliche, but that old hymn, they'll know we are Christians by our love. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I mean, that that is true. We, Those who are baptized are models for others. Those who are baptized are models of what it means to be to be uh, people of love, to be Easter people, um, to be a pilgrim people. Um, we show, we reveal by our actions, Jesus Christ. Because we've been baptized to be an image of Christ in the world. Right. Timothy? Yeah, I mean, it's just so interconnected in, in ways like, I say, I, I, I was trying to think about the best way to say this is we really have to step outside of ourselves in a way and in, into the community that we talked about earlier in the show um, to, to begin to piece all of this together and see that, that what baptism does for us or to us is extremely profound oh my gosh in yes. radical i mean it's it's radical in that we are called to live differently and as danielle noted we're not always great at that right we we do falter we get in that rut whatever it might be but what a profound thing to reflect on and then to think about that that those who maybe don't know christ like part of our discipleship is evangelization and it's not being people over the head, you know, with, with the message of the gospel. It is the living of that gospel of the feeding of the poor and the clothing of the naked. It is um, all of the things, right? That, that that's what attracts people. Like something's different about that person. And I want to know why. And it, it, we can also get, tired sometimes because we might feel like we're doing it ourselves or we're not doing it at all because we were burned out or whatever it might be but that's where the community comes in because if if we're doing it together and our identity is truly this is why we eucharist after eucharist and when we gather is we are made more and more into the body of christ every time we gather at that table and we we come we we, we gain a better sense of our identity in that moment then when we are sent we are more equipped to act as the body of Christ, the very sacramental presence of Jesus Christ in the world. And going back to what Danielle just said, that it's about love, it, it, that extending that love of God, um, showing charity, showing the kindness, the goodness, the graciousness of the God that we profess, the God that we know and intimately love. If we model that, how could people not be attracted to that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. What is love? You know, we're recording the show the day after World Marriage Day, right? And that I was reflecting for a presentation I have to give tonight on on what is love, and how often in the celebration of marriage we hear the reading from First Corinthians thirteen, and it becomes lost in a lot of the jitters of the day and the romantic sentimentality. But if marriage is truly are a, a sign or a symbol of God's love for the church. Breaking open the nature of love is patience and understanding. Mm -hmm. And we're not jealous. We don't put on airs. We don't put people down. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's one of the easiest concepts, but also the most <laughs> difficult to follow. Yeah, the most right? difficult to live. Exactly. Danielle, you just made me think of that, that you could take that passage and maybe somebody's already done this, but that's an examination of conscience. Oh my gosh, yes. in, oh, yeah. in that communal setting, yeah. taking those, have we lived love patiently, kindly, or whatever, you know, using yes. that. I think that's beautiful. It is. Think it is. about that every time you post on social media, right? <laughs> or get in a Which I am not good at. Am I, yes. I, am I, is Timothy being snarky again? <laughs> yes, most likely. <laughs> we, I have a lot of conversion uh, in, my, in my life. We have so been talking, yes, we have been talking about the <laughs> joyful season of Lent. We begin it in one week with Ash Wednesday. Remember, uh, 
this season has no other purpose than to prepare us to renew our baptism at Easter. Uh, Timothy and uh, Danielle, I, I, I hope it's a joyful Lent for you. And same to you as you well. You too. <laughs> we, we will be back next month. Until then. God, God bless everyone. Bye. <laughs>